Hello, welcome to the Big Scuba Show. Hello, I'm Oliver. I'm on the Big Scuba Podcast with Gemma and Ian. I'm a press officer at Ford covering sustainability and also company news um, and brand as well. So uh, it's all about telling our story to journalists, uh, other commentators, and uh, especially you guys today about Ford's uh, sustainability journey. Uh, hi, I'm Michelle on the Big Scuba Podcast with Gemma and Ian. I am a sustainability marketing manager for Ford of Europe. So it is my job to make sure that we're letting our customers and our employees know exactly what we're doing on our journey in sustainability at Ford in Europe. Hello, welcome back to the Big Scoop podcast. My name is Ian. I am your dive master for this episode. And with me is... Hello, my name is Gemma and I'm the co-host and a diver too. (laughs) Yes. Uh, So welcome and thanks for downloading this episode. Uh, Coming up, we've got a lot to talk to you about. We've got a lot to talk to you about Ford. Mm -hmm. Uh, 90 is our new sponsor. Yeah, it's exciting, isn't it? We're sponsored. And also we are going to venture into the world of full face diving. Yeah. So, uh, which is all a bit, all seems a bit Darth Vader-ish and space age. Full face mask diving. I am right excited about it, I have to say. So, uh, we are going to be talking about that as well. Um, So, uh, Ford, they're coming on. We've got uh, Michelle Gasgarth, who's the sustainability manager. Yeah, and Oliver Rowe, who's uh, in the press office and all the does all the communications yeah and we're going to be talking about actually what Ford are doing um in view of sustainability as a company and then about their EV vehicles and yeah. uh, some projects coming up over the the next few so months so why Ford why Ford on our podcast you know this is a scoop of they're not divers <laughs> they're not divers you know but there is a reason you know Ford have been part of our journey uh for what the last what 18 couple months couple of now, years okay, yeah, 18 yeah. months and um did I say a couple of months I mean 18 18 months and um uh they I've always been a Ford man and uh you know had I've gone a dread to think how many Fords I've had over the had years of driving <laughs> uh, where it's been cars and vans and uh Ford are you know they've been out there with the bringing out great models and uh you know when we look at our cars don't we of you know, they have to form many roles these days, don't they? You know, because there are commute, there are daily commute, there are work vehicles, work vehicle, mm-hmm. they are dive vehicles. I was gonna, yeah, but also, you know, run the kids around, the kids' taxi, and then at weekends they get lumbered up with all the dive gear, and um, you know, and we ask a lot of our cars, don't we? And when we, when we look around for our you know, what are we going to get? Can I get my dive gear in? It's the most important question, isn't it? You know, when you go in to buy a car, can I get my dive gear in? Yeah, there? but now it's more the question of, you know, is it sustainable for the planet? Because you've got to think of being an eco- ecological driver. I'm so glad you said that. But it is, it's true. And Ford are doing so much stuff um, about being sustainable and uh, you know they're now got they got rid of the 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 track the um fiesta after mm. all these years you know because that's not going to be part of the journey going forward and you know it's all about being going electrical and being sustainable yeah. and even their factories yes and that was a really important message that came out that a lot of you as consumers of cars won't realize just how amazing Ford are at sort of doing the best for the planet yeah and ted ford did this great chat years Bill ago Ford. bill ford 
So I <laughs> did a TED talk and he uh, talked about these things to come. And uh, we were talking about this a bit later on with uh, Michelle and Oliver. Mm. And, uh, you know, it was a really good uh, discussion he he gave uh, as part of the TED Talks. And it's something you should go listen to. And, yeah. you know, it kind of gives the, uh, the, the view of where Ford are going as a sustainable manufacturer. Mm. You know, and as time go on, if you're thinking about buying a new car, uh, this year or next year, you know, whenever, you know, these are questions we'll be asking, you know, you know, what's the processes like? Can the car be recycled in years to come when at the yeah. end of its life? Yeah. And they're all topics we kind of cover in the, the podcast they interview. Are. So yeah. uh, look out for that. Um, so we've got a sponsor. Yeah. Knocked at 90. So are sponsoring our episodes. Yeah, well. we have had We've got, we have supporters in, in, you know, going forwards. We've had, you know, Ford, they, they support us with different uh, trips and we get to test their cars, which is really awesome. Um, you know, and I can think of other manufacturers that we've had, you know, like O3, mm. who sort of supported us on our diving journey as well. Yeah, but NARCT is more of a sort of partnership and uh, we'll be yeah. working with them on every episode. Yeah, so you'll be hearing a lot more about NARCT at 90 uh, from us. And if you haven't heard about them, they're based in the UK and they sort of cover a lot of technical divers might have heard of them yeah um yeah they're, they're, they're well known in the technical side of things and what we're going to try and do is help spread their message about how good they are and also you know if you've got a, a dive computer and that starts going on the blink you can send mm. it over to those guys they've got a full service center uh you know not far really from uh stony cove and where they can actually service your dive computer. They can put them in pressure chambers to yeah. test them and, yeah, do all the whizzy stuff. So if you've got And they do a whole load of other stuff. They, you know, they've been involved with the NHS, military, mm. uh, commercial diving, you know, the well-known the commercial diving world. And they've been around for years. They've been around for, like, 20 years. Yeah, they're, ex they're engineers, but they're also very experienced divers. Yeah. Um, and so have got that kind of broad knowledge. Led by John Routley and Brent Hudson, and, you know, uh, who've done, like, thousands of dives between them. Uh, technical dives, done some huge diving. Mm. You know, and some of our previous guests uh, know them as well. People like Lee Bishop, uh, Rosemary... Yeah, and, it's you know, a small world. <laughs> it is a small world. We know the diving is a small world. Um, so, yeah, you're going to be hearing a lot about Night at 90. And uh, we look forward to having them on with us. And Yeah, they'll, you know, be, they'll come on the podcast. Being part of well. our journey, you know. And this having a sponsor helps us as a podcast and uh, content creators helps, you know, just make it bigger and takes us up to that next level as well. Yeah, yeah. So so it's a good time to play the advert. Today's episode is sponsored by Narked at 90. So let's find out a bit more about them. Narked at 90, their tagline has been beyond technical, which describes them pretty well. John Routley and Brent Hudson launched the company over 20 years ago. They are both technical divers who have logged thousands of mixed gas dives between them over a 30-year period. Using their engineering know-how and diving expertise have developed bespoke personal, commercial and military diving equipment and products of a universally recognised unparalleled calibre. Their ability to be adapted 
and versatile with their developments led them to support the NHS during COVID. Using their superior knowledge of breathing and oxygen monitoring systems to help develop emergency ventilators. They also design and supply the sneaky stuff used by defence-based development groups throughout the Western world, although they can't tell us much about that. If you're thinking of moving across to tech diving or completely new to diving, Narked at 90 can advise and guide on the best equipment and setup for your personal or commercial requirements. Narked at 90 have unparalleled experience of shearwater dive computers and are the longest serving and sole and UK European service centre for those. They are happy to offer technical support, servicing, repairs and upgrades to all shearwater computers, past and present. Narked at 90 stock shearwater computers, but are also stockers and technical support centre for many other manufacturers, including Divesoft, JJCCR, Hollis, Revo and Kiss Rebreathers. Based centrally in the UK, Narked at 90 also offer full rebreather head servicing for selected manufacturers. Bespoke cable assemblies. Advice on specific fitting requirements. Suggestions and guidance for home builds. Computer laser cutting and engraving. Pressure testing to simulate 400 metre dives. So, Narked at 90, a reputation built on supporting both manufacturers and divers worldwide. Go to narkedat90.com and make sure you are following their social media to keep up to date with their latest news and offers. Narked at 90, large enough to cope, small enough to care. So uh, that's our advert and uh, go to narkedat90.com and go give them a look if you don't know who they are. Yeah, Try and find them out and we'll be on their <laughs> social media. Exactly, and the, the links to their website will be in the show notes as well so you can um, find out more about them when you go on their website. Okay, let's talk about full face yes. uh, diving. So we enrolled on a tri-dive. We did, a Crystal Sea Scuba in Norwich. Yeah, and we did that uh, just a week ago. Yeah. And it was a, a really fun, enjoyable experience, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, the instructor was John Osmond. So hello to John. And um, we've been diving with ocean reef masks. Yes, full face yeah. Masks. yeah. So John brought them along to Crystal Seas and we went through the makeup of the masks and how they work. And then we actually jumped in the pool and uh, got to breathe underwater in a full face mask. Yeah, and... Um, <laughs> The reason why we laugh is my tummy <laughs> keeps rumbling. Must be breakfast. And um, uh, the, 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 the whole experience was great. I, I really enjoyed it. Mm. And I was like, wow, this is awesome. And uh, not dived in one of these before. No, and I was pleasantly surprised because it had possibly you might feel a bit claustrophobic, but I just thought it was amazing not having a regulator in your mouth. You could breathe through your nose. The vision was better. Breathing is good. I like breathing. Yeah, yeah, it was really good. So, um, and for me, not having a regulator in my mouth was like one of the biggest things, I think. Yeah, uh, visibility I thought was nice. I thought there was lots of visibility with it. Your face felt warm. <laughs> that was a really weird feeling. I think you actually met mine. I thought, you know, my face felt warm. <laughs> but it's true. Yeah, it does. You know, especially if you, you know, we're in the UK, you know, we've got, we got colder climates, haven't we, over here. But, you know, there's places in Canada, you know, yeah. it's cold as well. And... Um, I have to say, yeah, you know, that was a really nice experience. The point where it was like, oh my god, I need one of these. Yeah, 
So we, I need a full face mask in my life. <laughs> we've taken it one step further and we're going to do the course. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, and I can't wait. I can't wait to start diving in that. And also sharing with uh, you lot our scuba journey of moving it into yeah. full face or as they're actually technically known as integrated diving masks idms yeah idms yeah um so have a look have a look at ocean reef and uh you know there's uh their new ones are out uh neptune threes and they get comms so uh we'll be able to yeah well that's another thing we should mention that we use comms underwater yes. on our tri dive yeah. and that was just a uh, pretty good wasn't it so uh what will be happening is uh, in time once we get on the hang of these things is that there will be little snippets mm. um and maybe who knows in the future <laughs> maybe one of these podcast episodes will be recorded some of it might come underwater yeah we might be able to do our intros and our underwater. which would be really cool yeah yeah it? yeah so we're really looking forward to it and it's really great and thank you for all the uh response we had to our social media posts brilliant probably one of the most positive and um busiest yeah, interaction was great. Interactions that we've had as a post for some time, I yeah. think. Yeah, we took the uh, underwater camera in the pool with us, so got some good pictures. A lot of people wrote in and sent mm. us messages saying, oh, think about trying that, or I've got one, and we really like it. Yeah, so if you're listening to this, yeah, if you've got any questions, ask us, because we're going to take you on our journey of yeah. face mask yeah. diving. Yeah, so, uh, you know, really looking forward to that um so yeah that's full face mask and uh look out for for more of that as time goes on yeah absolutely okay and uh, again that'll be something that night at 90 will be uh joining us along and you know you'll be hearing their name mentioned uh as well so uh look out for that um okay let's talk about ford yep so you know. we specifically just recently have had the e-transit van yeah. trend version yeah. and uh we took that we had it for a week so we took it up to it was Stony a big Cove. van we had that uh, massive it was the ford e-transit trend 350 le so you if you think about a transit you it's not the the uh the smaller one it's the next one up so call it's it quite, a long wheelbase yeah it's quite a long yeah. wheelbase and a high roof yeah as well so although it we're saying it's big to drive. It was brilliant. It Drives was like very easy to drive. You didn't get an awareness of being in a big vehicle at all. That was the biggest vehicle you've driven. It, it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was quite comfy driving it. It was fully automatic um, and obviously fully electric. So, yeah, we had that um, experience. We experienced charging, um, drove it in predominantly eco mode. So yeah. a, um, you just get a mile charge for a mile traveled yeah about 100 i think it's about 150 miles on yeah. the range i think yeah. and um yeah i, I was lovely you No, know, it's got uh lane assist uh Lots automatic wipers <laughs> automatic bells and lights um everything you heated seats yeah, yeah how good is that in a commercial vehicle exactly. you get heated seats yeah and then the actual back was all fully lined out uh, so we Took it to Stony Cove. We actually hung our dry suits up in the back and our BCDs. It was great, wasn't it? Yeah. So, uh, We're going to share a bit more of that. There'll be some things coming out on social on our YouTube. Uh, one of the things that we're going to say is that if you uh, are thinking about buying a van um, and you are thinking about converting that maybe into some kind of leisure vehicle. Mm, like a camper uh, van. Camper van stroke. You got, where you've got a wet room at the back for 
dive gear and mm. stuff you know it's a good it's a good consideration and that was a i wouldn't i i would say that is a good size you know because i wouldn't go for a particularly small event personally choice if mm. i'm going to do a conversion oh, i want a big one. van yeah and one you can stand up in and definitely could stand up in this one yeah we? yeah so. well is it, isn't it you know why go for a small van yeah when you can get a bigger van exactly you know what I mean? yeah. and, and have everything in it you, you need uh, because you're going to spend a lot of time in it, yeah. aren't you? So why not? And hopefully, you know, this is th- this is the way of the future. There is no no well, other choice. Ford, Ford had gone out and said, you know, this is this is the Transit. Transit was the biggest, uh, most popular selling vehicle in 2022. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people you, you see Transits everywhere. They've been around for y- years, haven't they? Yeah. You know, so it's a big thing for Ford now making their Transits uh into fully electric yes yeah you know and this is the first one yeah and they will be launching more through the year like the smaller one yeah um, smaller transit yeah so it's going to be really exciting times to see electric vans on the road as well well they you know they have and a lot of especially in the commercial world you know uh many of us you know we're all of trades and what have you you know most of the tools now are all Mm. going electric hedge cutters guard you know lawnmowers all going electric and you know vans is the next bit you know where and ford are gonna uh, uh, lead in the way by saying here we go this is our first first go of an electric transit yeah yeah and it's been pretty good yeah and i think you know just generally for people that drive on the road listening to what ford are doing for the environment and you know they do mention divers but you know generally doing an amazing thing for the environment it is, and there so. are so many things in development as well. We even spoke about electric conducting paint, yeah, and solar panels. Yeah, so it's just a yeah a really interesting time. It is actually because you think, and we were thinking of this on the way up to Stony, weren't we? You think, well, you got all that roof space. Mm, yeah, it's amazing amount of space. You could have solar panels up there, <laughs> which charge it. You know, when it's standing there in the sun charge read putting that charge back into the into the battery absolutely yeah and you see um a lot of boats now have got all these solar panels and on. we are just at the start of this technology all right solar's been around a while but it's still early days mm. you know when that technology and you get companies like ford you know one of the biggest companies on the planet you know once you get them putting their might into technology, that's when technology then starts accelerating at a huge rate. Yeah, it snowballs, doesn't it? So, you know. And yeah, there are other car manufacturers out there, but I think Ford is yeah, kind of way ahead of uh, yeah. everybody else. So Bill Ford, all those years ago, he had this Ford vision yeah. and uh, yeah, it's been fulfilled and being yeah, sort of developed as we speak. And we've had other electric vehicles and, you know, really loved them. Um, so they've been really good. We, we've been diving with them. We've been paddleboarding. You know, just recently we did Scotland, didn't we? In yeah, a, in a hybrid. A hybrid Cougar. Yeah. And that was awesome. That was an awesome car. Um, and so cheap to run as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it's definitely, um, you know, electric is great and it's cheaper. It's a hard one to get your head round that you know that's the future but when you are a petrol head and you love that noise yeah but then look at the mustang i know Mackie, uh, and, and that this was is an amazing it. car and it is and if bill ford who's another mustang lover loves his v8s and the noise and the roar but and he all that got converted and gets converted then the rest of us can you yeah. know 
Yeah. And uh, we, we will, as time go on, we will. We will, yeah. We have no choice. You know, that is. And uh, if we want to be sustainable and uh, listen, to, you know, look at Ford's example. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a really interesting conversation and we hope you enjoy it. Yeah, so we get them on. Oliver and Michelle, welcome to the Big Scuba podcast. And uh, we're looking forward today to chatting to you about Ford and the sustainability side. Good, thank you. So um, if we start with you, Oliver, do you explain kind of your role within Ford, or job role is? Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm in the press office. So um, we major on media relations, but increasingly um, com- customers can be talked to directly by all brands. So um, social experiential is is another way, um, but media relations is our main um, role, and um, we're proactively uh, promoting stories like sustainability to um, all our audiences, and then also taking their inbound kind of questions um, for all media, online, um, broadcast, and 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 um, print, and. Um, sort of helping them to kind of understand a bit of uh, reactive um, but uh, mostly proactive um, promotion of uh, Ford and its services and plans. Great and how about you Michelle what's your role within Ford? Yeah Uh, so I'm European Sustainability Marketing Manager um, and it is my role to really communicate to our customers and our audiences what we're doing um, to help build a better world which is our kind of global purpose for sustainability so it's about taking what we're doing and putting it in ways in which the consumer can understand it um, and see exactly the action that we're taking and the actions that we're going to take in the future to help build a better world it's also kind of my role to make sure that we continuously um, look to speak to our employers uh, sorry our employees um, and our kind of community and work with our communities in, in our sort of journey. And that's quite a new role, isn't it, within Ford? Yeah, so I've been in the role now, um, I think it's 11 months. Um, it was new to Ford in Europe. And, and the reason the position was put in place is that we've always done sustainability as an organisation. Um, we've always, it's been embedded into our culture, into everything that we do. And we actually, we were one of the first OEMs, I think 23 years ago, to launch a sustainability report. Yeah. But we've done a lot and we just never really spoke about it. And more and more we were finding our customers and our um, our fleet customers were wanting to know what we were doing in sustainability. So my position was put in place to kind of really help and, and bring us on the journey to, to help our audiences know what we're doing. And I think obviously we've worked with you for almost a couple of years. We're really surprised just how into sustainability Ford was. Yeah. It just blew us away. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think um, our audience will be yeah equally surprised as well just how far forward. But not yeah, just like yeah. yourselves. There's a lot of firms at the moment, I think, uh, are now um, publicising things that they've been doing a while but not really shouted about. And it's really good hearing, um, you know, and we're going to be talking about some of the things that Ford uh, are doing uh, in the manufacturer cars, and uh, which all comes into some of the questions that you'll have as a buyer of a car is, you know, is the manufacturer, is that car going to be sustainable? Yeah. So individually, kind of sustainability, you know, what does it mean to you, Oliver, in terms of um, now and the future? Yeah, I'm very conscious that we are a very um, resource intensive industry. 
Yeah. Um, and over my time here, like Michelle said, it's been constant sort of use of um, best use of materials and, and optimum sort of efficiency from from operations. But it's really bringing it together with a with a single um, plan. Um, I mean, in my time at, at Dagenham, swarf from the engine lines was sort of turned into recycled um, into, into bricks, sort of for reuse of what would have been waste metal. And there's also always been recycled content in vehicles. So that's been a constant. Um, but now it's it's very much an overarching plan, um, sort of reflecting what's happening around us. So you see COP26 come and go. You see that we're not on um, the plan to achieve, you know, a maximum of 1.5 degree uh, warming that's required um, or, or, or minimised at that. And you're conscious of your own personal footprint, but also, you know, if you're driving a vehicle and you're coming in and out of Ford every day, as it were, but but slightly less now um, in, in the office, it's really important to sort of be conscious that this is front of mind, that our impact um, is being paid attention to. So that's, that's what it means to me. Yeah, and how about you, Michelle? Yeah, I think for me, um, partly the reason that I took the is that I want to serve a purpose higher than myself and sustainability really is a, a key area in which I, I live it and I breathe it. So even everything that we do at home as a family um, and stuff that we do in the community, it, it's all about sustainability and I guess minimising, as, as Oliver said, minimising your impact. And for me, it's, it's things such as understanding do you need to consume the product in the first place and if you do need to consume it consume it responsibly um and a, a really big driver and, and something that i'm quite proud of at ford is that we actually managed to um to, to get the business to move forward with an initiative called park the car and that was all around talking to our consumers about driving more responsibly so driving when you need to but when you don't need to for example a school run think about cycling or walking. And that's actually something that I live every single day in my own life as well. Um, and talk to parents and talk to, to people in my own village and community about um, just being more responsible. And um, so, yeah, I think sustainability to me is something that we have, we have a duty to do something about it personally. Um, and we have a huge duty to do as an organization because as an individual, you can make a small impact. As an organization, you can make a significant big impact. And for me, I'm actually proud to work at Ford and, and be part of the journey to, to 2035, where we're looking at carbon neutrality across Europe. Um, so yeah, it, it, to me, it, it's the single most important thing I think that we all need to, to work towards. And Ford's come a long way, isn't it? When you think about the cars of the 80s, not probably just Ford, but um, you know, for the cars of the 80s and cars today, there's such a transform transform it uh transformation transformation and the um i can imagine the manufacturing has as well you know and it's amazing how that's all you know, coming and you can see it coming through in the new cars that you yeah we um it's been really interesting because we've always been analyzing emissions yeah and then you know we saw a huge swing to diesel in in the 90s where co2 yeah was the holy grail and no one was talking about these other gases yes yeah. co2 was better on diesel but other particulates and gases weren't so um both you know ford 
obeying the legislation and being compliant, but more importantly, our kind of lords and masters up the governmental chain have got yeah. real as well, because um, heading now to launching nine zero emission vehicles where there is no um, by mid-decade and then they're ready for 2030 when all cars have to be zero emission and 2035 when all, when all vans, um, yeah, is, is, is really important. And yeah. the manufacturing processes change as well. Yeah, no, so, and for the, like the general public, you know, it, the smallest um, effort, you know, does make an impact in the protection of the planet. So really good to see there's a choice for the consumer, you know, when they're looking and maybe they will go down the Ford route, you know, just seeing how amazingly far forward you are in the journey to get these cars, well, planet happy, really. Yeah, and that's why it's important to share about what it is the good stuff that you're doing back in the manufacturing because you know um so that is known more so consumers can make that choice how the vehicles also we will have electric vehicles and zero emissions capable vehicles by 2035 and 2030 and passenger vehicles but it's it's about the steel in the vehicle with with developing green steel now so the steel yeah. that goes into the vehicles is, is produced responsibly our plants and manufacturing facilities are going to be carbon neutral or we're targeting carbon neutrality by 2035 across Europe so that means there's no emissions or minimal emissions and it's things such as even waste in facilities so zero waste to landfill which we've already achieved quite a significant proportion of that um, and then I guess for people it, it it's it's air and water as well. So it's making sure that whatever is going out into the air is, is, uh, is clean, but equally the water. So the water that we consume in our facilities to actually make the vehicles, that's gray water, that's wastewater. Um, and I think today it's 78% and we're targeting hundred percent. So we won't be taking resources in terms of fresh water. It'll all be gray water and, and reuse. And it, it's the small details that you actually don't realize when you drive a vehicle of the consideration right from yeah. cradle to grave on each of the vehicles um, from design right through to manufacture to driving that we have a, a, a significant kind of governance behind making sure that we are doing the best that we can. And I guess as our organization, we don't stop at best. Um, there's always the next step. And that's kind of the journey that, that we're on here. And that's really good. Obviously, a lot of our listeners are divers or very connected to the ocean world and hearing about not using um, or putting wastewater back into water. You know, water is what we live and breathe. So, you know, that's a really good one to really realise, you know, get that message out there for them yeah. to, you know. Yeah, but it's so important as, as a resource on planet Earth. It's it's super important that we take care of that as well. Yeah. Um, and, it, and equally relating to kind of the oceans in, in North America, um, one of their vehicles uses actually recycled plastic waste. Um, oh, nice. and something that we're looking at globally as well. So there is, as I say, everything that we, we do and consider um, today is, is has sustainability at the heart. Yeah. And I think, you know, the scuba divers of this world will be very interested to hear all that information. You know, we see underwater the impact maybe yeah. of um, the human race, you know, whether it's plastic waste, you know, detriment of coral reefs, that's what we're hearing. There are some divers um, who are in Mexico and they were saying even in the caves, in the caves, you can see plastic now starting to creep through. Yeah. And, um, you know, and that'd be amazing in, in years to come. Yeah. And for peace of mind, if you become a Ford driver or an owner of a vehicle, you know that you've got assurance that, that vehicle's been made with yeah. the love and care for not just the car, but the planet as well. Yeah.
Yeah, because your community's mindset isn't going to change when they reach the water. I imagine when they set out from home, they want to be assured, like you say, of um, the companies they're representing and buy into, the vehicle they get to the sea or lake in, because they're interested in not only maritime ecological health, but also land. You know, it's it's a mindset that I guess they're quite persuaded to. Yeah. 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 So what sort of timeline have you got for sort of introducing various initiatives or new cars next couple of years to look out for? Yes, on on vehicles um, and then uh, because the the plan is around product, plants and process. So obviously the vehicles I'll I'll, I'll come on to, but then the the locations we've got um, in Europe and then the logistics and movement in between and and, Mm -hmm. and suppliers is all part of the carbon neutrality plan um so at the moment uh commercial vehicles vans is a big growth area for us um the transit is a kind of household name and then in the um weird few years we've just been through delivery and distribution kind of soared and people are stuck with um home delivery and different way of buying that that came in through the pandemic and and um, have suited people so the demand for vans is is very very healthy uh, we've got five vans by the end of row emissions so you're in one of them you're in the yep. e-transit yeah that has a two ton or up to two ton low capacity uh, and we've had that um for a year now um and that this year is the year of the the custom which is the one ton van so so last year it was the best selling vehicle in britain sold more than the highest selling car it's brilliant. Man. That one will go um, all electric this year. A lot of um, uh, talk about that from us and um, it going to uh, shows. And it also has a people carrier version. We call that the Torneo. Mm-hmm. So a couple of customs. Um, and then the uh, final one is the Courier, which uh, van also has a Torneo Courier. So five zero emission vans. And on the car side, there's four. We've already got uh, the... The largest, which is the Mustang Mackey, um, Ford has kind of probably three nameplates that are really iconic and have to work for the next hundred years, just like they have done for the last hundred and fifteen. The, the age of so they're the Transit, the Mustang, and the F one fifty. We've yeah. spoken about the Transit going electric, yeah, um, and Mustang, a name that comes into the electric era as well. So um, we've only had the Mustang since 2015. So it wasn't such a major story that we Mustang here, but, but uh, it is a five door and um, a five door sort of Mustang was, was controversial in the US, but I think we're through that. Yeah. The Mustang Mach-E is our first um, electric car here in Europe. Then we're going to talk about two new ones this, uh, this year. Um, we're going to be showing them brand new, really excited, um, being built in a, in a converted plant in Cologne. Um, which is going to be our sort of European electrification centre as far as assemblies. Um, and then the Puma. So the Puma is our best-selling car. We know it as a, as a one litre, which is pretty frugal. When yeah. we brought in the one litre, people are very hung up on capacity, small. Well, no, actually, you can get 150, 160 PS. Um, and that goes electric next year as well. So it's a nine-vehicle lineup, ready by mid-decade. And then by the end of the decade, they will be the sole new Ford cars that um, people will be buying and 
you know we hope they yeah that's great to plenty of choice for people of yeah whatever they want a big vehicle yeah right. and um it's good to see that ford be leading the the charge on that you know i've uh owned very good transits and uh and uh yeah it's it, brilliant the trans transit courier or connectors i had it a uh, great little van uh and we know from um bill ford he was he was talking about his thoughts on the mustang going electric and how he was converted round to being a full supporter of the mustang going electric. you know coming from him you know he was a you know big v8 lover and then he said you know he, he loves the electric the new mustang Great. yeah that was how seriously the decision was taken you're entirely right Ian. it's you know, bill ford so the chairman who himself is uh you know an evangelist on on uh uh sustainability and has been for 12 years since um a very controversial talk he gave a ted talk a future beyond gridlock and people yeah. were thinking well why have we got a car boss talking about reducing gridlock because it means reducing your journeys in a car but we're still there with part of the car but yeah to be convinced of uh the mustang going electric he needed to drive the maquis yeah and he did and got out and said yeah the plan is right yeah <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So, so do you drive electric cars? I drive a plug-in. Yeah. I've got a Cougar plug-in. Yeah. Um, so I'm on electric all week, Monday to Friday, because yeah. coming here into Basildon from home and um, our pastimes and uh, relatives and friends are kind of all, all within the range of the uh, plug-in Cougar. Yeah. And then if we're longer distance at, at the weekend, that is a um, pretty efficient petrol engine which delivers good fuel economy as well and we use the um (laughs) we used the cougar didn't we up up to go to scotland last year and uh, that was brilliant you know we 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 couldn't rave about that car enough that was we had that was totally loaded up everything wasn't it (laughs) you know and it was brilliant having that you know that was all how about you michelle yeah no the the same um so majority of my mileage i can do on uh, electric miles um and as as kind of we see the end of the supply chain issues. So we're kind of hoping that we'll, we'll be able to get Mackies um, yeah. in the near future. So, yeah, exciting times. Yeah, no, it's all, all good stuff. So, yeah, hopefully it will uh, sort of tempt people to kind of look into the Ford um, arena and uh, at the selection of the cars. Is there anywhere um, just like the Ford UK website? UK? Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend um, there's this Ford.co.uk sustainability page. Um, but if you take uh, a look on our Ford.com sustainability, or if you go into Google and type in Ford sustainability, it'll take you to our global corporate page. Um, and I think the information on there is is great because it gives you a, a sense as to what we're doing globally. Um, as I always say, sustainability is a global challenge. It's not just in Europe. Yeah. Um, we have only one planet. So um, we do have an integrated sustainability report on the website with a new one being launched uh, later this year. And I think if uh, if somebody has the time, I'd definitely recommend sitting and, and reading the report to, to really get a full sense as to what we're doing. Um, if you just want to take a snippet, then we do have um, key information on our 4.co.uk website. Oh, we'll put those links in um, on the show notes so people can click on them and uh, yeah. Yeah, sort of find out a bit. We'll just be touched by the amount of effort. And look well, I think, more, I think consumers are becoming more uh, conscious aware, aren't they? You know, and, and not just thinking, right, uh, I'm just going to buy a, a, any car. They're thinking, you know, and certainly it would be in my 
Um, you'd be thinking, right, you know, what's the car offering? What's it going to be to drive? But also end of life. What's it going to be like, you know, as it gets older? Um, and also, you know, you, you want to know that you know, the manufacturers are doing what they could be sustainable. It's good. I'm sure some of our listeners might have like the question about recycling. Obviously, when a car comes to its end of its life, about recycling the batteries, they are a waste product. Have you got um, tips on that? Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So on, uh, on Mustang Mackie at the moment, we currently recycle. Um, and our, our strategy for the future, um, as, as I understand, is the business is it actually takes a lot of energy to recycle batteries. Um, and there's a lot of it, it, it can be done. And I think you can recover something like 80 percent of the battery. But as an organization, we recognize also that there is an opportunity for repurpose and reuse. And batteries can actually be used um, to create almost like a, a power plant where you can shave from the grid at nighttime and feed it back in during the daytime. So you're not taken from the grid at peak times when other people need energy. So our kind of our key strategy is, is look at opportunities for repurpose. You, we can recycle and, and we've got recycling available today for, for, for the battery facilities. And in North America, we have, um, I've forgotten the name of, of the organization, um, oh. purely dedicated to fully recycling Redwood. Redwood, Redwood facilities in North America, yeah. who 100% recycle um, in, in North America for us as well. And we are at the start of the journey and there are yeah. sort of plenty of plans like Michelle says, but interestingly to sort of reassure um, your listeners and, and people considering, we're, we're used to a three-year warranty on um, Fords, which was the standard for the um, diesel and petrol. Um, for everything apart from the powertrain, as we call it, which now becomes the, the, the battery, um, that is extended. That's extended to seven or year, eight years. I can't remember. Uh, but as people enter into driving battery for the first time, their battery is warranted for more than double what used to be the the, the warranty under um, um, ICE, as we call it, internal combustion engines. That's Just kind of peace of mind. And then the the end of uh, use of the, the batteries is absolutely not that they're piled into landfill or anything horrific mm. like that. There are really innovative ways to, to use batteries as mobile power packs, like Michelle was saying. Yeah. Yeah, I think that would be one concern that I know yeah, people have aired where the yeah. batteries end up when the, the car is obsolete or... That's really good about the warranty, though, you know, because obviously that's a that's a major. Thing. Yeah, that was sort of deliberate um, to just in this phase of people considering electric for the first time within the next um, uh, five or seven years. Because if if a vehicle, if people are increasingly future proofing themselves against yeah. 2030 and people's circumstances are a bit more fragile at the moment coming yeah. out of lockdown and cost of living and and. It's made people's horizons on major purchases a lot further yeah. forward, especially where we're sat within miles of a clear, clean air zone in Greater London. And there's Oxford and Birmingham and Cambridge going through the same. So people might have local influence, still be able to take their car in and out of town in, in future years, if that's the right way to use the vehicle sometimes park the car it might be better to consider an active mobility uh, cycling or walking uh, way to do the journey <laughs> yeah. which again is really strange for a car representative to be saying that but it is true to the organization uh our chairman 12 years ago 
and we're at a midpoint because in 12 years time we're going to be carbon neutral in Europe so it's a kind of 25 year campaign this and we're exactly at uh, half time yeah yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah so yeah if you can use use the the, the cycle yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah well, it makes us healthier as well doesn't it yeah air quality well. congestion and health but you just can't kind of finger wag and tell people what to do but if they have the choices and are maybe a bit startled that 25 percent of journeys are under a mile and a third are under sort of three miles you know yeah. if, you, if there is an opportunity to rethink that there are many levels of of air quality and queuing traffic and your own hopeful enjoyment of, of uh, cycling or walking that, that come into play yeah yeah, no, that's great. Right. So you think about, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So as part of the podcast, we always um, ask our guests some questions. Um, but these have been slightly um, changed. <laughs> We're talking about sustainability and not diving. Um, so as an individual question, uh, firstly to you, Michelle, if uh, you could go on a road trip and you could take any vehicle, what would you take and why? And sort of passengers, co-pilots be and why? Yeah, uh, Thank you. Uh, interesting question. So um, I think I have done a lot of traveling and, and my most favorite place in the entire world is the Lake District. I come from the Northeast originally and, and used to have quite easy access to, to get there. So um, I have taken a Mustang mach up there in the past and it was amazing. Um, and to be fair, um, even with the young children in the car, we stopped, we had pizza, we charged. The, the, the journey was absolutely fine. So. I'd take a Mustang mach up to the Lake District, but I would continue the journey on um, what I always say is the original low emission vehicle, which is my feet, um, my trusty <laughs> pair of walking boots. So yeah, I'd continue the journey on, on my feet um, in, a, in what I would say is one of the most fantastic places in the yeah. world. And who would you take with you? Would it be your family? Well, I, I would like to say yes, I would. Um, but the, the wind in the morning, I couldn't, I couldn't do with <laughs> so, so me, me and a Mackie. <laughs> the Mackie would be the best company. Um, so, <laughs> and then I'd head up on the mountains um, yeah. up on my own. Well, how about you, Oliver? Same question. Yeah, I've, I've gone on to the continent, um, spent a lot of time on the continent growing up. I've got a German passport and uh, my parents had a VW camper van I'm afraid but uh, for this trip it would be a uh, uh, a Ford Transit custom camper van so inevitably it will go electric there's yeah. nothing um, you know to say on that product right now but eventually it will have to, to be so compliant. the nugget might go electric so it, it will inevitably yes yeah. I mean after 2035 you can't buy um a, a non-electric van so uh, it will be the plan in 2035 i don't think i'll be at ford anymore so um it will be uh the north of europe down to the uh south in the uh in the camper van um scandinavia is way ahead on electric we kind of defer to norway on how to um um market and sell the Mackey and the incentives and the sort of charging infrastructure that they've done so well there so i'd be really interested to see that and start there come through germany and austria where we've got family and then i'm undecided whether we go the italian leg down to sicily Ooh. or we go the spanish leg down to jib and maybe get the ferry across to africa and just keep on Carry going on. yeah <laughs> yeah that sounds awesome yeah and in a camper Beautiful van. part of the yeah. world as well yeah yeah van life is a really interesting side of the vehicle that you're in 
and the conversion personalization and kind yeah. of retail and private buyer yeah. who yeah. are showing an interest in van. Yeah, well, we uh, spoke about that, didn't we? Yeah, and this Having is a this perfect and, size. Yeah, you it? can stand up in it, and it, it's yeah. got so much potential. Yeah, this has been. In fact, we used it when we were diving uh, at the weekend. We actually used this as the changing room. Yeah, you know, it's brilliant. You know, it's got everything, and this is the perfect size for a conversion. It's my yeah, 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 yeah mine too. And yeah, completely converted over to the nugget. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. <laughs> definitely a great way to travel. Yeah, yeah. It is, yeah. Um, okay, next question. This is a joint one. Okay, um, so we will give you a billboard. Okay, Ford have got loads of billboards, haven't they, up and down the country? So one of your billboards that we've got, and you can put something on there. Okay, it can be a video, it can be a statement, it can be a message, it can be an image, whatever you want, and we can even put it on the side of one of the vans, so the whole world will get to see it. What are you going to put? What's going to be your thing? Um, you can find, I don't know how we're going to make the side of the van a screen. I'm sure it's technologically possible. Everything is. Um, but we did a film that wrapped 2022, but also more importantly, pointed the way to 2023. So it's kind of top of the Ford YouTube pile. It talked about the Supervan 4, which was just uh, showing performance, 2000 PS from a, from a van so that... Uh, even Goodwood Festival of Speed could be green and, and, and put yeah. a zero emission vehicle up the hill. In motorsport, the Puma is a hybrid. Um, and we have a virtual world racing car as well. Um, so we are still in performance. It's exciting, but it also has to reflect um, the real world. Um, we talked about a really important piece of news for us which is a bit sustainability related so you know we could continue on small cars between the fiesta and the puma when you electrify a vehicle which we've had to consider for every single vehicle we own you know the electrification of a puma battery tray underneath on a slightly higher vehicle is easier from what we call a package yeah. so after 47 fabulous years you know we're retiring the fiesta and that's all part of this film of, of the best of 2022 yeah it is the discontinuation of a product, but everyone has such a happy memory of Fiesta. We're mm. making the right sustainability decision for our next electric small car. Yeah. It's kind of part of this story. So that's um, 2022 in, in, in the film that I'm recommending we show as a moving billboard. And then it's got 2023, which we've spoken about with the nine electric vehicles and, and the future plan yeah. as well. So I think, as I keep saying, this real pivotal period halfway in this 25-year journey um it's quite nice to reflect on what we've done in 22 yeah mm. and drive the continent showing what's coming in 23 so it's exciting times ahead and um it's gonna be be good i think that's a really good answer yeah um, yeah great film to watch yeah. although i am sad i never i never should have sold yeah. my gray xr2 Buy it back. That, uh, <laughs> Why did i that that might fetch in good condition uh yeah. north yeah. of never sold it <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so individually as um what excites you about your motor and and generally of the motor industry what really excites you where do you see it going for me big i think we all recognize that the elon musk at tesla really really paved the way to electrification um and we've been 
on a journey. I think 2012 was our first EV focus. Um, and today with, with the vehicles that we've outlined that are coming, I think for me, it's, I often walk down the street and think I can't wait for the day where I can walk down and not smell fumes from the mm -hmm. rear vehicle. Um, and that our children can breathe fresh air for the times in which we do need to drive um, when everybody will be driving electric or zero emission vehicles. Um, so for me, it's really, really exciting, this real shift and change and the technology that we have available today, because it's not always been available to us to, to, to make the changes that we're doing. Um, so yeah, I'm really, really excited about the future of automotive. Um, there is still a journey to go and, and a lot to change. As, as you know yourself, you, you've got to get used to charging as opposed to, to filling up with fuel. But we, as a, as a nation, as a population, we have an ability to change. And, and it's really great that we're kind of paving the way and driving the way as, as an automotive industry. So yeah. I'm very, very excited and, and I'm actually proud to be part of forward and the journey i think you've um just uh hit on a really awesome point and i I'm not and i've just kind of visualized do you remember when nightclubs and bars and restaurants they had to stop uh people smoking inside yeah. you know and i remember back in the day you'd walk out of a club or somewhere like that and your clothes <laughs> would smell you know and there'd be the smoke and all that and I, you know i'm a non-smoker uh, and you can see like in years to come the streets will be the same there won't be that exhaust it won't be that um smell yeah, and fumes and things like that mm. and we've yeah. we, we've all kind of got used to that over all the years and most of us don't know any different but how awesome will that be that in you know in a few years time there won't be that you know it'll be minimal you know, and, and uh, is that the air is going to be so much cleaner, which yeah. we kind of took for granted. It's brilliant. Yeah. And in in our lifetimes, we look at the changes, you know, as teenagers to where we are now and what we've seen. Yeah. And it's amazing to think, well, you know, what we're going to see in another you know, is yeah. it's just it's uh, exciting yeah. times. Mm. Definitely. Yeah. Mm. And I like that everyone is very interested in what we're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, it feels like we're at the epicenter. Um, we tend to be the second most expensive purchase of people's lives. Yeah. They can afford their own property. That's the big one. And, and then it's the vehicle. Um, but there's a limit to what they can do uh, in terms of an environmental decision on their house. You know, it's sort of there, it's bricks and mortars. It might be very old and, and they'll do their best to sort of um, use least energy, but it's not a decision that's entirely theirs. The previous people in the property and the builder sort of co-owned it. Um, on vehicle purchase, you know, you're much more in control and everyone has a view, even if they don't realise, um, you know, that I don't think when someone says, oh, it just gets me from A to B. I mean, even in that statement, where's A, where's B, when do you do the journey? You know, there are elements of, of people influencing more than they think. Yeah. So I, I, yeah. I think um, it's great that there's so much interest in our roles, in our industry, from friends, family and, and um, journalists, um, especially, as I say, in this area. We're on the edge of um, Greater London. And this year, the ULES loan, the ultra low emission zone is coming out yeah. to basically the, the kind of m25 and yeah. um 
it's got locals really crystallized and waking up you know lots of people are having to make important decisions about the vehicle you know if they want to continue using it and not be charged 12 pounds 50 a day it yeah, uh, adds up. brings our role and sustainability into their everyday lives and yeah. decision making. Yeah. and yeah. money talks as well when it becomes you know part of your everyday life where you've got to pay money to travel where you didn't have to before suddenly i think you know, it makes a difference and there's a romance with ford isn't there you know i can you know, i think we were talking about this the other day and I, i've had i don't know how many fords in my driving but people like of our age our dads our mum dads had fords you know grandparents had fords and the, the, so there's you know and we have we think fondly of previous you know generations who have owned cars and what they've been used for memorable holidays memorable trips other things and you know and divers are no different you know with going to different parts of the of the uk or further afield in our cars and to use them for great things and to see ford now evolve and move on when and as you said the 25 year uh chapter is how ford is now going to develop into the new and you know how that's going to be part of our lives going forward you know and it is important that Ford is there, um, you know, and carrying on and shaping our driving careers and future, you know, because, you know, you, you've been around for years and we remember, and I remember, me personally, I remember being in my dad's Cortina when I was just a top, you know, and uh, it, it, that would carry on. And it's and same with my, my kids. How we present ourselves to those fond customers is going to change hugely and really interestingly yeah we are an american company yeah um and we were one of three but that is now our unique because chrysler sort of uh, went away a while ago yeah and um uh, general motors sort of has no longer been in europe for, for five years so we're american and, and and proud of that so there's going to be what we call an adventurous spirit in the way we present ourselves, absolutely maximizing the American spirit. Yeah. Um, you know, we've seen Mustang, it's kind of the open road and it's freedom, and, and, and we brought that as a as an EV. And they have the transit as well. And then that third nameplate that's uh, very American is the F-150. Yeah. So that's a pickup. We have uh, the Ranger, which which has to go electric. But to an American, the Ranger is like a mini. You know, it's that really is, yeah. uh, small. <laughs> so they have the F-150 and they have the F-150 Lightning as a uh, as an electric. Which has won loads of awards. Won loads of awards. Beat Tesla. Like, you know, the, the yeah. influence of Elon is absolutely right, like Michel said. But, you know, he presented a pickup and, you know, we're yet to see it. The F-150 uh, Lightning is out there. And in small volumes, in markets yeah. where it makes sense, so back to Scandinavia, it's coming to Europe. Yeah. So that's adventurous and um, that's kind of the changing face of Ford because people didn't realise it, but there was an American influence. You know, the Cortina, it was a very wide car, um, but we presented ourselves as kind of more British then because yeah. being American wasn't particular to us, but it is now. Yeah. So um, we're quite pleased about that and that'll be very interesting how that. It's all good. Yeah, and it becomes, you know, it's infectious as well, isn't it? The um, the feeling about Ford as well from you know, the US 
over to here as well yeah. and hopefully yeah people are so much more car savvy looking at car programs stuff on youtube that yeah. it 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 just the exposure is so much more than it yeah so uh, oliver you know the future of the motor industry what really excites you about what's coming up in the next couple of years or 10 years um i think sort of being at the heart of mm. people's really important decisions that they've got to make personally for the way they move around um and being part of what's perhaps more walking and cycling really shorter distance if it suits them the right kind of vehicle or vehicles that they have but that ownership might change we also talk about mobility and that's maybe how people tap into getting around but they might not own a vehicle there might be an element of sharing um and that kind of model um and then you know we've had interests in in e-scooters and people are making their minds up about those and the sort of viability and we've certainly been part of that um for a time so yeah i'm excited about the integration into sort of decisions that people are making um major decisions going through 2030 um and these landmark dates that uh, our industry is uh is ready for and it's you know one of the a big expense for anybody to make buying or investing in a or leasing a new car you know apart from buying a house isn't it so one a really important something you can't really take you can't just go and think oh i'll have that but that's the whole point isn't it you know is it because it is a big Mm. decision and uh, you know some a lot of people think a lot about car choice so you know they're how sustainable you know will come in as a as a mm. as a thing as to think about yeah and you know so many people do love their cars and you know it's you know if you love driving you know, we both do so it's just a yeah. you know it's important to you and you know it isn't just like an a to b journey no, is it no no, no never yeah yeah. Uh, yeah you want to get in a car and love to drive it you do but also think of the planet as well got which to. is well yeah. it's you know, it's, it's Bill Ford said, you know, it is a change in mindset and it's the things that we're now uh, consciously now transitioning to. Yeah. I'll give you a Bill Ford quote. There were some who believed that all this ecological nonsense would disappear. I was considered a radical. Yeah. That was Bill Ford 12 years ago. Yeah. And that radical view has kind of uh, come to pass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He certainly had a, a, a grip and a view on the future, very much so. He's an interesting guy to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. It's a TED talk. It's called A Future Beyond Gridlock um, from 2011. So, freely available uh, online. Yeah. Um, Definitely worth a listen. Yeah. Well, we'll recommend people to take a look at that as well because it puts things in perspective, you know, 12 years ago to now. Yeah. And what you've spoken about for the future of ford and the car engine have they ever put solar panels on a roof of a van so we've got a we've had a test vehicle yeah yeah um we were at a show with a solar panel on the roof but it has remained a prototype and pilot vehicle to my knowledge yeah Mm. there must be either in terms of the photovoltaics or whatever it's called the technology of how much energy is needed to then propel a laden van you see this is the thing where electrification can struggle at the top end if a van has refrigeration and uh, freezer units yeah and it is doing literally london to glasgow and back there is a sort of what we call a use case where we have to think carefully whether electrification is the final answer at the moment 
There's yeah. lots of exciting stuff to come um, to power them, combination of electric and, and other fuel sources. And I think on solar, it's been the same thing, that that hasn't become yet a viable uh, energy source for a, for a lane van. But, but we were on it, and again, just searching the sort of solar transit must unearth that information because it has existed, that vehicle, and would yeah. still be on the list as an option. Or alternators. What about alternators and having them so they re so they, that charge as you're going along? Yeah, I'm not clear. But on a electric vehicle... Like a dynamo, like, a, like on a bike? Yeah. There is yes, braking on electric vehicles, which will as you brake, generate energy to, mm. to charge the battery. And, and I think you guys probably yes. seen it in, in what you're driving. Yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. But I was wondering whether you could have like dynamo type things actually in the vehicle that actually yeah. charge when you're going along. We're in the right place to ask the question. I'm not the engineer, but there are 2,000 engineers where we're talking to you from who work on power trains. We have them on a bike, don't we? They the will know. Ones. Yeah, we were just driving the transit. And I was thinking, well, why couldn't you have dynamos on bike on cars so yeah. they actually put charging independently yeah. from batteries that are putting in so you can have like a full so one charge going in or two separate or maybe i don't know anyway yeah i just i just think <laughs> I, I was just thinking these things but the regenerative braking yeah there is no coasting on an electric vehicle because obviously mm. it's cogs and you, yeah. you, you're not coasting with that it's, it's batteries so there's no coasting on an electric vehicle no. and when you're deaccelerating the uh that energy loss being That's recouped it. is a yeah. major factor in our mild hybrids it adds up to 10 percent yeah. uh, returns 10 percent energy um, increases fuel consumption improves it by 10 percent yeah we were just thinking like just have no the, the solar panel on top would it runs you know some of the auxiliary stuff and yeah, so we've got this huge expanse of space yeah. on top of the vehicle there is and, uh, photovoltaic paint um in development as well um yeah. you could physically paint the entire exterior of a vehicle and then use the energy generated from that i don't know what stage of development that's at it's not to do with oh. ford it's external um so i i think there's huge opportunities and photovoltaics today are, are, the depth of the piece of paper and not these big heavy things that you have on the, on the top of your roof so yeah i i yeah. we are looking at it as an organization there's there's so much that you can do but i think harnessing the energy of the sun absolutely is is yeah. a yeah. key kind of component brilliant yeah well we'll watch this space yeah 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 <laughs> yeah well it's been really awesome to talk to you and hopefully you know it's, it's really um made the sustainability message in terms of vehicles you know out there yeah our, definitely our divers and our non-divers shown what amazing things ford are doing yeah. uh, for the future and and currently thank yeah. you very much thank you thanks for coming thank on you. thank you so much for having yeah. us here today thanks for your interest yes yeah, all right yeah. enjoy the van thanks for all your support no problem. good well, seeing you both <laughs> lovely to see Perfect. you okay lovely. thanks guys bye. Bye. thanks a lot bye bye, -bye. Okay, well, that was uh, Oliver Rowe and Michelle Gasgarth, um, who you've just been listening to, and we've been having a chat with. We first of all, we got to say thank you very much uh, from both coming on the podcast. Uh, new things for them, as I don't yes. think they've done podcasts before. No, and we've never spoken kind of a non-diver. No, so. Um, so you know it's good, and I think they, 
highlighted some really good points. I think uh, Ford as a whole uh, are now, you know, spent a few years thinking about the way ahead. Yeah, and it's the, the word sustainability. It's it's in everybody's vocabulary now. It's just seeing how sustainable industry yes. yeah. and little driver. Yeah, and it is. You know, if you want to be a conscious driver and a conscious consumer. Uh, you know, then you are going to make these decisions, aren't you? About, you know, how, you know, it, what's the manufacturers doing in the process of, mm. of building your vehicle? You know, we ask a lot of our cars, don't we, in vans? Yeah. You know, somebody will, will use it for their weekly commute and run the kids around. And then on a Saturday or Sunday, they'll be using it and loading it up with diving gear or mm. bikes on the back or something like that, you know. But also what's gone into the manufacturing. Yeah, and um, you know we spoke about their wastewater landfill battery. So that is all everything. You else. think in a few years' time they're not taking any water out of the system? No, and green green steel. Yeah, well, and I know they've um, just recently um, released a uh, created a new factory, haven't they, to make a lot of electric? Mm. Uh, I think in the US, huge solar panel because they're looking to put in network and not take out yeah yeah really they've uh, given you a link to a film to watch the current That's 2022 watch. Tree. yeah um and also definitely awesome. yeah yeah your car at them consider a hybrid yeah definitely and also um we, we mentioned bill uh bill ford, bill ford. Um, that's a really interesting discussion and, that, and he's the man from the top you know talking about the way forward had a vision 12 years ago where we would be now and, yeah. yeah and look where but yeah really the vehicle well we all need to get from a to b and it's how we get from, like they said not using feet or pedal power different way of thinking yeah. and i think that's going to be that's the the challenge for a lot of us you know who are confirmed petrol heads and you know love a love the sound of a v8 and a v12 and so on um that you know you you know, we, we need to make a conscious move to the new way of driving. Yeah. But if, if someone you... like Bill Ford can do it, the rest of them, exactly. you know, he, loves his, he loves his Mustang. That's not doing the planet any good. No, no. And if anybody listening to this has got any questions, no, ask us. I think that would be really cool um, because, you know, cars are, in, are a really important part of our lives, isn't it? Yes. You know, even if you're not a diver, even if your partner doesn't dive, you know, it's a really important part of your family life, uh, you know, is your car. You well, know? it is an extension of your family. Yeah. And uh, so it'd be really good um, to hear a few comments and feedback, what your thoughts are. Do you agree? Maybe you, you don't. Um, maybe you'll be a petrol um, or diesel <laughs> consumer till... Keep that car till going and going. That car um, will run and run. But, you know... Um, Perhaps you remember your first thought. You know, yeah. that'd be really good. Yeah. What was your first thought? Yeah, anything you got, uh, let's have it. Or any photos, send them in. Yeah, so thanks to the UK for participating in our podcast. Yeah. And thank you for listening. But that was... The Big Scuba Podcast.